Welcome to Married AF. We are your hosts, Brooke and Randall Fowler. On this show, we discuss the topics that really matter. Like big veiny cocks and our favorite TV shows. So pull up a chair at our kitchen table and hang out. While I bulldog my nuts. <laughs> Over the phone, just, just something about being in person. It sounds better. We're able to release this. It's going to be a lot, a lot bigger as far as the reach it'll go. Yeah, I mean, I've done a few on... Uh, yeah, you can pull that all the way to... I guess Skype and different video platforms. It's just the quality's never as good. Oh, absolutely. Now, just to start off, most people are going to know, so you recently became the champ. Um, now, you've held belts before, right, in regional? Yeah, so in some amateur. Regional things, a- amateur, yeah, I had some belts. And then in pro, I've uh, been in a few big tournaments and some chances to get in the the mix for some belts and just always a choke artist, man. I'd, yeah. I'd position myself to get there mm-hmm. and then shit the bed uh, every time, you know? Well, I mean, you go, you can take that all the way back, right? You were on the ultimate fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, you were competing to get into the, the house, right? right? Yeah. And, uh, that was my first taste of defeat really was, uh, Kyle Nope literally beating the piss out of me to the point where, I mean, it was just uh, devastating. That to me. dude's a savage, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he's very. Here, good. scoot that a little bit closer. I'm watching your levels on here. Just yeah, y'all no, better. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, he was a very good fighter, and just uh, he outclassed me on the on the ground. He just pinned me down and beat the living tar out of me. Out cut me. You know, t- 23 stitches. And Dana White's over there, like, hey, stop the fight, Mazagati. He's, he's gushing. I, I'm laughing at Dana. I'm like, no, man, I'm taking my whooping. You know, I'm here. He's oh, not yeah. going to dole my shine. So. That picture's iconic. That's that, a good picture. Even people that may not have ever heard of you, I guarantee you they've seen that picture in MMA circles. It's yeah. one of the greatest pictures ever. You're literally smiling, loving what looks like should be like painful and deadly, but right. that kind of sums you up, though. That's kind of your whole MO, right? I've never, as long as I've known you, I've never seen you duck a fight, not take a fight I've ne- ever from anybody. Right. So that's the difference, and uh, being in the sport for as long as I have, uh, you see guys with a lot of really good records um, many, many times. In uh, boxing, there's an A side, a B side. That doesn't exist so much in kickboxing. Mm-hmm. The good ones fight the good ones, and if you want to get with the good ones, you better beat somebody you shouldn't beat to get in that mix. Yeah, um, and that's just how it is. It's a, you know, it's dog eat dog. Everybody's mm-hmm. losing to everybody, and you get on these streaks. And I feel like I'm finally there. I was always looking, and I can fighters can see it in people. Mm-hmm. I'd be on cards with uh, Israel Adesanya or some of these guys, yeah. and I'm watching them, and it's just the aura they put off. Uh, you just know they have it, and they can't lose. They just are so confident in their abilities. And I finally, just finally, the past couple fights, shit going wrong in my life, my car breaking down, broke, divorce. Sure. Doesn't fucking matter. I show up at the fight. I was sick, getting you know sick last fight, yeah. last Friday. Oh, yeah. And I just knew in my mind, I said, this is mine. I'm, <laughs> I'm winning this. I know, I, I was telling the co- my coach, I said, I have supreme confidence of what I'm going to get in there and do. Oh, yeah. It's just, when it happens, it happens, and it's hard to describe it, you know? Well, I mean, I had that feeling with you going to uh, bare knuckle. Like, mm-hmm. I was, and I know a lot of people were, but for me i was super excited about that so we're kind of take a step back even though we'll come back to the the kickboxing so you kind of decided you know what the fuck i'll go do bare knuckle yeah and you go out and you 
to me, one of the cleanest fights I've ever seen you fight in all of your different genres of fighting. Mm-hmm. Clean-wise, you look like you were on a, and an art who I've gotten to know since you fought, who's a funny-ass dude and super yep. cool, tough. Um, but you looked on, on a different level. The, you moved differently. Yeah, the funny thing is about that fight is, uh, I, you know, at, here, we'll go ahead and break it down even before yes. then. At, at 32 years old, I retired from the sport. This is how we actually met everybody because you were dealing with what you thought was a neck injury or something, right? Or ALS, even maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had some weird twitching going yeah. on, which you, funny enough, had yeah. led me. You had a neck injury, so I was checking that out. Yep. I Googled <clears throat> muscle twitching. Worst fucking mistake I ever could have did because oh, then my God. whole body's twitching. Absolutely. They sent me all these neurologists and they're like, we can't tell what's going on. You don't have ALS, but we can't tell what's going on. Uh, come to find out what they think is I had a, a, a couple concussions, a, a TBI, plus. Uh, some a neck injury, a shoulder injury, a back injury, and I was having some facilitations of a, whatever the hell they call Facilations. it. Facilitations. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. I've dealt with them. Dude. I know exactly. When, yeah. when you said that, because um, my left tricep still twitches. Like, I'll my be in the bed, same. and my wife would be like, what the fuck's going on? I'm like, right. I'm asleep. Yeah. It's just my own. I don't even feel it anymore. No. My calves and bicep have twitched for four years. Oh, they yeah. Stop. Yeah. Um, and, and so they told me, the doctor's like, well, you probably should get in the, hit in the head anymore. We don't know what's wrong with you, but... You know, and I'd been through a tough time in my life anyways. I attempted fucking suicide. Uh, Yeah, we're going to get to that. We're going to circle back to that, too. That's a great story. Not a great story, but a powerful story. It all factors in. Life is a puzzle. And and somebody was asking me just the other day, don't you wish you had this coach or you knew this then? No, I don't, because I want to know what the fuck to do with it. Oh, yeah. It all happened at the right time for me. And this bare-knuckle fight, me coming out of the retirement and hiring this coach, he didn't even want to work with me. He yeah. said, nah. He's like, you can't spell the word fight. You're tough. He's you come in here and spar my guys. You're tough. You push them. He's like, but you fucking suck, man. So is there was there a rumor or whispers out there that, like, you were punchy, punch drunk, been hit too many times, had 100%. too many fights? Cody said that leading into this lion fight tournament. He's the number one seed, came out of the UFC. He's a wife beater. He said, oh, Warren can't hang with me. I'll knock him out. He's got CT all stuff. I took his best shot, and I beat him. I took out the number one seed, and I told him right then. I said, man, you pissed me off by speaking words you don't even know about. Sure. Um, It was my fight style. That's why Glory kept bringing me back. I was losing, but I would just come straight forward, take their best shots, doubling their power. And my coach said at this time, he said, as soon as I watched the tape on you, he said, I'd work with this guy. He said, he's not punchy. He takes hard shots because he walks on the shots. He's letting them hit him hard. Yeah. Uh, And we've changed that. And you see. Oh, big time. It's so weird. It's not, I guess it is kind of weird to to look at uh, the style you fought like 10 years ago and then watch you now, how much more you move. You move. You're bigger now, but you were cutting weight. You used to fight 185, right? Yeah, that was 185 your, and 205. That was your class. Uh, I mean, I've seen some pictures of you. You look like you had cancer. Yeah. So skinny, cutting weight. Yeah. So now you're bigger, but you move. It looks better than you moved when you were littler, if right. that makes any sense, which is weird. It's usually the other way around. But you, you know, your movement's what sets you apart in heavyweight to me. Because they can't fucking move with you. No, none of them can. And uh, Coach told me that. He's like, uh, they start calling me White Lightning in camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, you guys your size do not move like you do. And uh, that's what Art and then this last guy said, man, we had no idea about watching tape. You could move like you can. Mm-hmm. And uh, Art, Lorenzo Hunt, who's the champ in Bare Knuckle at 185, he said, you took out the guy who I thought was going to be a problem with, for these heavyweights. Mm-hmm. He said, you can move really well. And the thing is with bare knuckle, and it's going to be interesting, is they like sluggers to stand there and kill each other. Um, I think I bring a different aspect in an audience by being able to box and move. Uh, agreed. So it's going to be interesting. Agreed. 
I think I don't think they might talk like they want it. But I bet most of the guys in there don't want you. Right. They, no. they don't want to fight you. Not no. in bare knuckle. No, I agree. A hundred percent because you know, you can just sit there and piece them up. Yeah. I can but, beat them with my jab and my footwork. I, well, I supremely think that. You know? When you hit Art, and he of course has a very powerful champ, or he did, he shaved it, which hurt me. Uh beard. You hit him in the side of the head and ear at one point in that fight, and I thought his head was gonna fall off, and he still stayed up. There was blood shooting out from the ear past his shoulder, and I'm hitting him again, and he didn't fall down. What does that feel like in something when you hit somebody with everything you got clean and they don't move. Is that like, motherfucker, what a tough son. Is that like a respect builder instantly? You're like, whether, even if when I win, that's yeah. a tough son bitch. 100%. Uh, he earned my respect. Uh, he was already a nice guy, mm-hmm. respectful beforehand, but he He's earned my respect. Shit in too. Yeah. And uh, it, the thing is, in the fifth round, I knew it was up and I knew I gave him all I had and couldn't finish him in the fourth. So I went back to skill and jabbing and playing yeah. safe. And, yeah. uh, and some people jumped on my ass like, oh, you didn't try to finish in the fifth. I tried to finish in the fourth and couldn't get him out of there. I wasn't yeah. going to make a mistake because I've lost fights in the past. And walk into something. Get, I walked into something. Yeah. Happened to me in glory. I was beating the yeah. guy, tar out of the guy. 28 seconds left. He catches me because I was cocky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So That can happen. But big boys, man, doesn't, that's right. he doesn't have to be skillful. Right? Just a big enough boy catches you with one. One. And Art hits hard. He hit me oh, yeah. one time. One knuckle cut me three times. Well, you know, one hit, one punch. Uh, he hits very hard. Yeah, that was funny because I think I remember that on the watching the telecast because you were like talking your corner. I think you said like it burns or something. Yeah. That was the only yeah. thing that yeah. it was wasn't too bad. Stung, but yep. his damn ear, man, what a stud to stay upright and just uh, walk through that and still be alive, especially with bare knuckles. Now, when's the? I assume it had been a while, probably since you had like an official, official like street fight where you would be bare knuckle. Yeah. How how'd the hands hold up? Uh, everything's fine minus my my wrist right here. Something yeah. happened to that guy sticking out there a little bit. But as far as the knuckles, a uh, little bit of soreness in the knuckles that swelled up on me for a couple of days. Yeah, um, it was fine. Uh, yeah, but overall, um, I was worried about that going in. Yeah, and I think everybody is. Oh yeah. Uh, but you, if you place your shots correctly and don't just wing it to the top of the head, um, your chances are to of breaking them. Uh, and you can honestly take a little off shots. And well, that's what hits. I was going to ask you. Do you train like to dial down like in bare knuckle? I'm going to go seventy. Like, do you, you don't throw the? Yeah, I I just be select like when I hit him with that right hand, I yeah. set it up two or three times already that mid range shot. Yeah, so I knew where it was going to hit. You know the range and stuff like because a couple times I missed and hit his beard early in the fight. Yeah, I'm like I couldn't get the range quite right because yeah. without a glove you're about two inches short. Oh sure. Yeah. So finally I figured out the range there with the jab and I knew it was going to land. So I threw it hard. Mm-hmm. But then after that that flurry, you can tell I've started to back some of them off because I did hurt my hands mm-hmm. on his head and I yeah. started kind of. The right hands were a little different. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I was like, oh, I'll go to the body. Yeah. So for sure, uh, if you hit wrong, you feel it right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you you definitely have to, uh, it's controlled chaos. You're not in there street fighting. There's some guys that do it in there. Yeah. They break their hands. They look like shit in there. And they, they're they just two and 10 MMA guys and they're brawling and uh, beating yeah. the fuck at each other. Yeah. A lot of them look like, because uh, I did one um, back in uh, Florence, Alabama in uh, college and a bunch of guys I live with. Uh, some of them go in there and it looks like a tough man. Yeah. Like just some, some guys that jumped in and they'll start going crazy. It's rare now, especially as Baron Uncle's gotten bigger, so much good athletes coming from other promotions. Um, so everything's really clean. and It's getting better. Every right? time it gets better and better. Yeah, the, the, the quality of uh, 
these guys is, is as good as you can get. I mean, shit, there's a bunch of guys that have been in Bellator, UFC, everywhere. Yeah. Come and over. Alan Belcher looks really good. Um, uh, Redneck Mandel, uh, Dave Mandel, I believe it's yes. Dave. He, yeah. he actually impressed me. Um, couple of guys there, um, uh, you know, on that car, two or three guys. I was like, okay, you know, they can box a little bit. Um, but then there's also uh, you still got some of the guys that are just uh, big tanks, you know, oh, yeah. crawlers. And, and it yeah. is what it is. They're landing, they're knocking them out. No. Hey, you're making money doing it. Absolutely. Go for it. So I want to go back to something you said. So you talked about uh, Adesanya style bender. Yeah. Uh, seeing him and other guys you've seen that you're just like, whoa, that that they've got it. Um, I don't know. Do you still follow MMA? Are you a big fan? Do you watch the UFCs and Bellators or a little here and there? Uh, like if one of my friends or a guy I know is fighting, yeah. um, or somebody that interests me, uh, you know, if Pereira or uh, Dustin Jacoby or Edison, what a beast Pereira is. That, yeah. that might be the, uh, those guys. The, I'll check a out. different world. Yeah, because they were all in glory when I was there, same weight class. So I follow those guys a bit. He's destroying people. Yeah. Oh, people I, don't want to. I've heard pe- multiple people said when he hits you, it's different than anyone else. And the thing that's Rogan talked about that the, the it just being different. But the thing is, is uh, he's turning his whole body when he throws the left hook. Looks like a check hook, but his yeah. hips are turned, his foot's already turned. His, the, his setups are just un- unlike anybody that does it. Yeah. And he doesn't even look like he throws it hard. And guys are asleep. You know? I know. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredible. So, you know. Going back to it, so you fought MMA for a long time. So you've trained jiu-jitsu. Um, you talked about your injuries, right? Like you're kind of – you're 36, right? Yeah. 36. I would say you're you're older than that with injuries just because you've fought forever. Yeah. Um, can you still grapple? Do you just choose not to? Or are you trying to save yourself from more injuries? Because to me, grappling almost creates – it's super fun, and I did it for a long time too. But it, it hurts, especially if you got neck or. But I mean, you can't. You just can't risk it. I can't even. I can't turn this way right now without pain. Like I have uh, my neck, back all oh, the yeah. time. Shoulders. I. I. You know. I. I can't do that. I have torn rotator cuff. I can't. Like, <laughs> it's incredible, bro. I tried to grapple a couple weeks ago. Like no, I mean, a couple months ago, and I can hold my own. But me holding my own because of my experience and fight experience. I'm exerting a lot of energy and muscle, and I'm sore as shit the next day. I pop my knee doing it. Like, yeah. It's like all the time. It is not – people say it's the gentle art. It is if you're rolling lightly with people, with friends. If you're a competitor like I am and big, I mean, I'm not letting anybody tap me easily. Yeah, you know? of course. And these guys are, are big, strong. You're tearing things. And I just – at this point in my career, without me me not doing MMA, I don't love it. I love the strike. Why do it? You know? Yeah. But you've you've actually been in there – with so you've been in there with a lot of people that a lot of people probably know and they wouldn't know that you've actually, you know, either sparred with them, trained with them, been hit by them. Mm-hmm. One of my heroes, one of my favorite fighters of all time, Brian Stan. I know you know him yep. well and you've trained with him. Good guy. Tell a little bit. Is he as awesome as I think he is? Is he the GI Joe man? Should be president like I think he should be. Is he as good looking as he looks? And does he hit as hard as I think he does? He does all pretty much all that is 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 Brian. Like uh, so the thing is that he taught me a whole lot is uh, and I'm I'm good to this day with it. I took over kind of when he stopped training is I can coordinate a room. Mm-hmm. I may not be the best in that room, yeah. but we can get all the guys together to spar and we have it's coordinated, it's scheduled, uh it, it's on time, what the hell is happening each round, we're doing right. it. Brian was the best at that. And I just nice. kind of watched and learned and you know emulated that past when he left and uh 
Also, he hits that damn hard. When he used to always say, "Oh, when the UFC unleashed cameras here, me and Warren are going to be fighting," and we would like <laughs> I would make him work for it. And uh, he's the only person to this day, to this day ever in fights or in training to drop me with a body shot, liver kick. Oh and he, I, he was chasing me. He was chasing me. I got hit. and I was trying to avoid dropping, and he chased me down and hit me with the same one. And I dropped to this day ever. Only person ever dropped me to a body shot. How'd that feel? Uh, yeah, I was. About the puke shit. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Everything. I, yeah, I was. Yeah, I didn't know what was happening for about a minute. Dude, and, when he uh, fought uh, Vanderlei in the UFC, mm-hmm. I think it was that for one of those like fight for the troop things, which you know makes sense that he's so good at coordinating a room with him being, you know, a naval officer. He was from the, he played mm-hmm. football at the Naval Academy. I know that, and then I think he was a Marine. Yep. <clears throat> and his uh, business now that he does is is to help veterans get jobs. I mean, shit, is there a blemish on the guy? I've never seen anything that could even look like a blemish. The thing is with him, too, is I've been in this sport so long. uh, Many, many men are their delinquents, if that makes any sense at all. They're they're good fighters. They're not good friends. They're not good husbands. They're not good men. Brian is good at anything. Uh, he's just a stand-up guy. What you see is what you get with yeah. him. He's going to tell you how it is. He's going to do do you right and do it the right way. You know, that's just him. Uh, I, there is not a man I respect more in the sport that helped me along the way than Brian, to be honest with you. Can, does he still train any? Do you know? We trained a couple years ago together at Manu's, just stopped in. and uh, I haven't trained with him since. Uh, when the last I – Spoke to Brian was on Instagram yeah. probably a couple weeks ago, month ago, yeah. something like that. Just chit chatting on there, but we don't we don't train much anymore, you know. So, um, to, in total, in all your different uh, genres, do you have any idea how many fights you have? Right at forty. Forty. Yeah. And that's um, and when you fought amateur here, did you you started here in Georgia? Yeah. So I had a pretty quick amateur career. I only did five. Mm. Um, so. I, when I was doing it, I was getting paid for fighting amateur too. Not a lot, but the promoters would throw me a few hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I won that WK title, and really right away I turned pro. Back then there wasn't as much of a reason. Uh, if I was going to do the striking avenue the way I chose, mm-hmm. I did it the hard way because I would have stayed amateur much longer. I went MMA. Yeah. If I was going to – knew what was going to happen – hindsight being 2020 and was going to do kickboxing muay thai stuff like that and turn into that mm-hmm. i would have did 50 fights yeah. in mm and muay thai and kickboxing and got my experience then i did it the hard way and was facing top tier guys in glory mm-hmm. with no fucking kickboxing or muay thai experience per se compared to them they're having 80 100 fights yeah and here i am with a couple in an mma background yeah so it took me up until now the learning curve was so steep up until now to feel comfortable in there. Now, yeah. now the past couple of years, I'm like, I can strike with any of these guys. Mm-hmm. I was in there before I should have been because I beat a guy or two that I shouldn't have. Sure, just right. off that, balls, that, you know. Like, yeah, that that tends to to happen. Yeah. John Little, the mayor, had a question asking, "What do you think about uh, Bukal being in Bare Knuckle FC?" Yeah, I just saw that. Um, they're signing a lot of guys. Uh, Bukow's exciting. Um, I don't know how he'll do, uh, you know, in bare knuckle with with. Uh, he's a good. He's a great kicker. He's he's powerful. He's exciting. I mean, but I don't really have an opinion on it because until yeah. they get in there, it's uh, it's his guess is good as mine. Now, I did tell John Little for full disclosure before your bare knuckle fight. <clears throat> like I think I I was like, man, I'd, I'd bet somebody a few dollars that 
it's so ingrained in you in your combinations to throw leg kicks in close quarters. Like they're almost automatic, right? Like when I see you working a bag, they'll come out. I mean, and you've just been doing it so long. I'm right. sure it's second nature. How hard is it to not do that? It was not as difficult as I thought it'd be because I totally ingrained myself in my coach's style, and he's a boxing coach, mm-hmm. and we're moving and boxing first. Yeah, The kicks are all secondary now, yeah. which is incredible. I won a Muay Thai North American heavyweight title, and I didn't even kick so much. as I kicked some, and when I did kick, it mattered. But most of my game plan was based off my boxing and my movement. And we had some elbows in there, and I used the weapons to complement it. By the way, I've got to tell you this from my mom. I don't know if you saw that. We might be related. (laughs) Probably Thompson in South Carolina, my family line runs through Thompson. Yeah, my mom's um, side. Yeah. So when I put the thing out that we were going to do a show, my mom was like, might be related. I was like, you know, his family's in that's South Carolina. That's why we're this damn good looking. Because all my family's from uh, right outside of Spartanburg, Cowpens, okay. a little town and up north of Spartanburg. I mean, and, uh, we were originally, uh, most of my family originally from uh, Bluefield, Virginia. Sure, we got a ton in Virginia. Yeah, I did my mom's whole family kind of thing for Carolina a birthday about once. About yeah. 30 years ago, and that's where we've been at. Yeah, yeah who knows? Probably, I mean, champions tend to do that yeah. shit, bro. It is, it is what <laughs> it is. Runs in the bloodlines. Yeah, so you were talking about guys with a million fights, right? Do you know who Jeremy Horn is? I do. Nope. So he has 1.8 billion fights. Really, he's got like 100 and something. Pro MMA fights. Yeah, like, yeah, I remember really when does. I was coming up. Uh, you know, he was in the UFC. He's always been a stud, but I mean, he has fought millions and he's now he's a coach and all that. But a lot of people forget about guys like him, but those were pioneers, man. I mean, they fought every other week. Yeah. Uh, so we were Rob Morrow. Uh, his nickname is the destroyer too. I highly respect him, but he's going on, I think uh, 102 fights or something God, right now, God. still fighting. And, uh, Kevin Brooks, I you know here locally, I have two wins over Kevin. It's probably the best local guy I've ever beat, mm-hmm. and um, he I think had ended up having a hundred some fights. You know, I mean, back in the day, uh, the preparations weren't as long. Um, it, it's just like even pro boxing now. So they you know, and Joe Rogan, they were talking to a guy, and he had I forget who who the hell he was talking to. But they were talking back in the day, comparing these fighters now to then. Fighters back then, they're fighting, you know, every two, three weeks. Mm-hmm. So some of those guys had 100 fights in yeah. their careers. Right. Now it's uh, fairly uncommon, you know. Do you think uh, anybody's going to unseat uh, Stylebender in his class? I know he went up and, and took yeah. an L, but. Yeah, I the only guy I foresee doing it is Pereira because <laughs> we, we go back to the mental aspect of it. He beat him in kickboxing, right? Pereira won kickboxing, yeah, I think yeah. twice, didn't Yeah, twice. I think twice. Um here's the thing though mma is different uh and it's also been many years uh what i was talking about that mental aspect fighting's all matchups and it's 90 percent mental right especially at that level if Stylebender has a chink in his confidence it would be against Pereira. yeah so we'll see understandably if the guy's gotten had your number twice you that's got to be a tough little yeah thing to go over if he fights him long faints him fights him long uh he's got a I think he can out outpoint him anyways. He's got just such good movement. Um, Stylebender does, but he would have to be very selective, very smart, you know. So, so what's your type of guy? Because you've done both, obviously, both styles of fighting. You're in your second or third career that you're in now. Um, you talk about you know your movements better. You're not running into shots. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
But which prefer, which do you prefer to watch? If you're watching, do you like to see these guys coming forward and banging, or do you actually like to see the sweet science? And the used to be coming forward and banging, and I'd make fun of guys that were doing the sweet science. To be honest, sure, with you, sure. Now as I age and I've gotten a better eye for it, uh-huh. um, more educated to the sport, I like both. Yeah, uh, you know, I'd love to see a, a Robbie Lawler go in there and beat the hell out of whoever he's fighting. But also, um, you know, it, it's good sometimes watching Israel Adesanya fight that some people can boo and think slow. And it's like, wow, look at the traps he's setting. The guy's not taking. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes these guys, he's fighting. It's not exciting because they're not wanting to walk into those traps he's setting. Oh, yeah. They won't engage. Right. A lot of guys won't engage right. style bender. So, so there's there's some of both at play for that for me. Yeah. You know, um, I can respect both. It just depends on the night. Depends on the fight. Yeah. You know? So was there a guy when you were coming up that was your guy, your your favorite like MMA fighter? Hmm. Mine was uh, Evan Tanner, if you know who, if yeah. you remember him. Yeah, he yeah. Died in the desert. Right. I liked uh, Kevin Randleman a lot. Oh, beast. Yeah. Yep. I liked him a whole lot. Um, Worst staph infection I've ever I seen. I know. Dude, that so guy. Is my tiger brutal. eyes on my back that I got. He had lion eyes on his back. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that yeah, was what yeah. inspired that when really? I was eighteen. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so he was one of my favorites coming up. And then I liked uh, Tank Abbott just because he was the brawler type. Oh yeah. Um, Have yeah. a beer with Chuck, him. Chuck Liddell and Tito. Those oh. guys. Uh, Tito was such a nice person to me. I'm sitting there getting stitched up. And uh, in the back, and uh, you know, twenty three year old kid, his dreams crushed. Yeah, and everybody had left. It's a Sunday night. We're at the UFC Center where the Ultimate Fighter is, and I'm there by myself. And Tito hung out. He stayed. And uh, one of the doctor, the plastic surgeon, was coming from church, so it took time. And we were waiting back there for a while. And uh, he just talked to me. He's laughing. He's like, "Man, you take some shots. You got cut up pretty good." He's like, "Don't worry about it. you know, just basic yeah. general talk." Yeah, hung out with me for a while, and and. I haven't talked to him since, but that yeah. meant a lot to me. Sure, and uh, some people will talk trash talk him about him being this or that, or that. But in person, that is one of the nicest fighters I've ever met. Just to, to take take time out of his night, a Sunday night, to sit down with a kid that literally was crushed. You know, it meant a lot to me. Yeah, you know, a lot of people say that about uh, Colby Covington. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that he's similar, that people think he's a douchebag. You know, Colby, right? Yeah, the yeah, chaos, yeah. the Never Trumper him, guy. Yeah, heard a lot about but him. they say that his real personality is the most respectful. That's just kind of like right. his gimmick. Yeah. The chaos character, because he was about to be cut from the UFC. Right. And yeah. they were about to cut him, even though he was good. He just didn't bring eyeballs to right. the fucking uh, so maybe to his if, fights. And that's the thing in this day and age is you never know. Like, it. Some people, a lot of these kids these days are trying to, I just made a Facebook post about it, trying to fight at weigh-ins and this, that, and the mm-hmm. other. They saw Connor, or really we could say Colby too, get yeah. rich off kind of being a prick, yep. and everybody wants to do it. Um, is that necessarily the right thing to do? In my opinion, no, but they've seen it done and how much money it made somebody, so they're willing to try something outrageous to, to do it. God, man, unless you catch, unless you do it exactly right, though, it, it'll always backfire Just get on hurt. Just the yeah. few that are really good at it. Right. The, the Connor, um, Colby's really good at it. Right. One out of 100 just somehow hit it right, and they play that heel well and yeah. turn to a hero with it. You know? Yeah. You know, I mean, because for that, everyone knows, you know, you got the Brian Stans, who's always respectful, everybody he yeah. fought. He did fine. Yeah. Yeah, you know, shit. I saw him. I uh, saw him in an interview the other day. He looks like he could still go. Yeah. I mean, he looks as young as ever. Yeah. Still looks in shape. I mean, I know he's. Obviously got other things going on, but um, I've heard him say that he wants to get back into commentating and, and analyzing for MMA, so <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see how that comes up. But So you, you're you at Bear uh, Knuckle Up is where you train yeah, out Knuckle of. Up, yeah. Have you 
have you done any time in like all the big Atlanta gyms, like American Top Team, and have you been through all those, or have you always just been knuckle up? So I started training knuckle up in two thousand four or very beginning two thousand five. It was the very first place I started training. Yeah. Um, somebody worked there, and they're like, "Hey, you would be good at this. Come try it." And I went down there and got my ass kicked. And I was like, "I like this," <laughs> and it was something to do out of high school. I had no idea what I was going to do in my life, so I started training and I loved it and fell in love with it. But I've been I've part owner of my own gym, at Iron Clutch Fitness, for a few years. I was a, a rent helped run it. I was profit owner there. Yeah. Um, I worked for um, uh, Unit Two when Roberto Travin was downtown. Worked with him. Was their striking coach. Uh, then went back to Knuckle Up. Um, uh, but I've trained with Kumpan at Bangkok Boxing for many years. Uh, you know, trained with Jukow and all those guys at ATT with Brian. Um, the Limas we came up at Knuckle Up together. Dude, yeah, the Limas are. Beasts. They're beasts. And they're great. Both great men. Both great men. I, I say nothing beasts. but good things about you know both of them. Um, but So I've been a little everywhere. Um, Amir over at uh, Gwinnett Training Academy. I've trained with him a good bit. He's a good friend. So it's funny. It's a small world uh, here in the Atlanta martial arts scene when at the, at the upper levels, everybody knows everybody. Yeah, yeah they're all good guys. Yeah. So, all right. So I want to circle back now and kind of get to some backstories. We're kind of done all the, <laughs> the current talk. So, you know, you... You grew up, most of your life was in South Carolina, right? Yeah. yeah. Your childhood and everything. Uh, you're big into hunting and all the shit. You live, I mean, during deer season, no one sees you. You're yeah. like at the gym or in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I've ever That's seen. Um, but you were a chubby kid, right? Like you were kind of an overweight kid. I wasn't just that. I was a fat pussy, man. I was scared <laughs> to get hit, scared to get the ball, scared to do anything. You know. I, so how did that convert to fighting just out of? My father... And it's funny you ask this. So my father would take me to these uh, practices and games and watch me ride the bench and be last running. And he only asked for effort. He'd yell at me only when he was like, one day you'd be up front in the laps. The next day you're walking. He's like, you know, and he never missed a practice until high school. Yeah. Never. Nice. And uh, when to high school, we started practicing during the day. Our fourth blocks, we had practice at one thirty during the school day. Were you still fat in high school? No. So okay. about 16-ish, it hit me. 15, 16-ish, it hit me. I don't want to be fat anymore. I'm starting my work ethics coming. Sure. I started to get it, but it was a little too late in the sports aspects of high school because sure. you have your fucking pecking order. Oh. Like, I mean, I played a little, but it was hard to get past Absolutely. some of the, the good old boy shit. Yep. Um, but as soon as I graduated, I was like thinking maybe military or, and then I, I and then I found the fighting stuff mm-hmm. and my work ethic was just beyond anybody else's in the fighting stuff. Like I'm able to take adversity well. And when the pressure's high, I can lose. And it's like most people be like, oh, damn, this wasn't for me. I'll go get a job. Mm-hmm. And I probably should have about 10 fucking times. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm still training. I'm going back to the gym. Yeah. And just, I was just resilient. Yeah. And if anything that I made my dad that I have now that I didn't have then is just, I'm not a pussy. I'm very resilient. Sure. Like, you can beat me. I'll be right back tomorrow. Yeah. You know? And uh, that, that's kind of just my childhood led into who I am now. I just don't want to be a victim anymore, ever. But so you, nobody's really, or no one that I know, maybe you might be different, but. The first time I went into a gym and I started training at Team Sturgis in Huntsville, Alabama. And I remember the first day I went in, John Sturgis, he put me in with the, one of the guys that had been fighting at a lot of local shows. His name is Lance White. <clears throat> he's a great dude. He ended up winning a bunch of I like regional MMA titles. And he's a beast and fought until he's like 42. Um, and so I square up with him. I don't know anything about how to really spar yet. You yeah. know, like I'm just doing it to be in shape and i think i'm like a tough guy and uh 
So he's like, all right, you guys go at like 50%. I don't know what that means, right? So I'm like, I guess that means I just tap him. So I just barely tap him. And I thought I was barely tapping him. Obviously, I went past 50. So Lance looked at me, and it didn't hurt him. But he's like, bitch, yeah. you're fucking with the wrong one. You went over 50. You're going 60. Now I've got to go 70. <laughs> and he hit me, and I never saw it. And, I mean, I literally, and people want to be tough, and they'll lie. But, man, I like to get hit. Dude, I got hit, and I was like, hang on. I was wanting to call a time. I was like, hang on. Because, I, you know, Look literally, I never saw the shot. It hit me like a little check hook in the eye. I was like, what is that? Hang on. You know, you, you have to see shots. Like, it takes time to get where you don't oh, yeah. shit in your pants, right? Like, it's scary yeah. when you first start it, right? Even if you take time off, that shit's scary again. Your body, <laughs> nobody wants to get hit, yeah. right? Like, I could take a month or two off and start back sparring, and you'll see me a little gun shy. It's just, yeah. you get sen- desensitized to it to an extent. Um, you know, I mean, but nobody likes. So you've coached a lot of people, and I know you train people. Have you ever met or seen a person that literally the first time they've ever done it and you start throwing their head, they don't even, they just love, they're hit me all you want. They stay, because I was, you know, over, yeah, over moving. only person that I know that I feel like I just think likes to get hit is Joe Elmore. Like, <laughs> oh, Joe. That, and since I've known him, and he was already training when I met him in 2010-ish, but nine-ish, but since I've known him, he's been like that. Like, he just doesn't give a shit. He's like, a savage. He's a savage. He's one of the – and people say that about me. Oh, you don't mind getting hit, you walk forward. I still mind it. I just – I'm yeah. resilient. Like, yeah. Joe literally, like, I'm pretty sure he likes that shit. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, he's one of the few, like, that I literally can just say out of anybody I've ever met, one of the few. Dude, I don't know how his, his last fight, how he lost the fight. Yeah. It was uh, such a good – it was a draw yeah. to me. I've never seen a more clear draw. Right. At worst case, a draw. Yeah, great fight. I mean, Joe Joe is going to be in the mix with anybody. Uh, he's unorthodox. He's tough. He's athletic. He's fast. You're not going to look at Joe and be like, oh, prototypically he's doing this right or that right. You're going to look at it on tape and be like, oh, he's doing all this wrong. But when you get in there with him, he hits hard. He's hard to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you do hit him, he just it doesn't bother him. He's got like that uh, Diaz, though, scar tissue on his face. Like he cuts if you just, but he doesn't care. No, no, he doesn't give a shit. Doesn't seem to ever, I've never seen a cut bother him, but man, that guy, shit. Because the Diaz brothers are also my guy. I love love Nick. Nick was my guy coming up too. And I remember he literally had that, isn't there like a surgery where they had to shave his brow down because it was always sharp, you know, and it was catching and cutting his eyes all the time. That surprised me. Dude, that shit is insane. But yeah, so Joe, if, Joe's in, Joe's a he's a stud, man. This bare knuckle stuff fits him because he fights a style that they like too, very bloody, very brawl. Uh, but he does it well. Isn't he's about to fight again, right? Yeah, in uh, England, I believe that card got moved to August twentieth. Yeah, uh, uh, Wembley Arena, maybe or O two, something like this. Yeah, but That's big card, be huge. I think MVP. The headliner is uh, MVP, the Venom Page guy. Yeah, uh, versus uh, Platinum Mike Perry. So Mike's Mike's another guy that's tough as shit like that. Yeah. Great, nice guy. Yeah. Uh, but super tough guy. So that's gonna be interesting too. Because MVP can kind of box, you know. Oh yeah. Well he's got he's a known for his like highlight finishes, knockouts yeah. are just yeah. stupid yeah. controller, you know, like PlayStation game finishes. Right. right. <clears throat> but speaking of Mike Perry, the worst broken nose I've ever seen in a fight, like his last UFC fight, his nose was literally over on the side of on his, his face. Cheek. Oh my God! And we've talked because I've had my nose rebuilt. Yep. You need yours rebuilt, but 
it'll be a waste to do it before you retire. Yeah. Like literally, mine, mine kind of got in Thailand. Mine was touching my nose. They used a pin, took it apart. Oh yeah, and they shoved one side in there. And put yeah, it, like yeah. a yeah, like a yeah. Rip, they yeah, they'll literally pop it back over. And they got me good with I can breathe in one side. Yeah, <laughs> good enough. Whatever. I'm not total mouth breather. Yeah. So, do you have to use a CPAP? So, man, you're gonna piss me off talking about this. Because uh, I did. They yeah. had to put me on because my nose yeah. until I got it fixed. So I haven't yet. But then, all right, I, my coach and everybody keeps telling me to get one. So I, I get on Facebook now. about a month ago. And I'm like trying to get a used one. Mm-hmm. Well, it's this guy who I've known my whole life hits me up. I got one. I'll, I'll send it to you. Zell me. So I zell him the money. He ain't sent me this damn CPAP yet. Dude, that's so, fucked up. Yeah. So uh, and currently, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But I may have to drive my ass to South Carolina to uh, either collect some money or CPAP soon. Well, if he doesn't do you solid, I'll, you know, we're boys. Yeah. I'm about to be upgrading mine. I'll slide you mine, my oh, old damn. one. It Thanks. works great. Yeah, yeah that's I'm about it. to upgrade, though, and you're welcome to it. I appreciate Because it. it'll change your yeah. life. I, see, that's the thing. That's what Coach was telling me. Coach has you one. And I and, feel like and a new it, man. It's just frustrating. That <clears throat> the thing is, I should have. Uh, I should have listened to my gut instinct. I'm not a rich man anyways. Sure. But when a friend tells me, hey, man, I got you. Zell me this money. I don't mess with Zell much. I know I do. There's no purchase protection with Zell. Sure. I'm like, oh, he's an old friend. He won't fuck me. And then here we are a month later, and he's coming up with every excuse of why he hadn't sent it. Can't meet my mom with all this shit. It's like, I would never do a person like that. Sure. So when somebody does so me like that, up. it pisses me God, off. God, that's you know? so fucked up. Yeah. I can't even. It's... You can't trust people this day and age, but I should have trusted my gut because my gut was like, why would they want you to zell it? Like, yeah. who doesn't have Cash App or Venmo this day and age? You know, PayPal. Yeah, dude. So they had, I, they put me on one, I think it was like four years ago before I had my nose fixed. And they were like, you know, once you get your nose fixed, you can come off of it. I got my nose fixed, <clears throat> which was the, the worst surgery ever. Such a horrible recovery. And by then, I, the thing is like my pacifier. I'm like, dude, I'm not going yeah. off of it. You I know? hear. Uh, that the just your sleep is so much better. Your blood pressure comes down. Oh, because, way down. See, my blood pressure runs borderline now because uh, my red blood cell count gets up because partially they think that I'm I'm not breathing good. In you my definitely sleep. aren't. Yeah. You, yeah. I guarantee you, you're not. Yeah. You know, just with just because of your nose. Yeah. If you're having one side, yeah. dude, and it probably sounds like she, my wife would Still tell like me it. like I sounded like I was literally being choked out yeah. when I slept, <laughs> and she would get to the point she yeah like it was it would gross her out. She recorded it. Uh, one night played it back, and it sounds like I'm being murdered. <laughs> I, it's, also, it's a deep gargle, so my sleep was never good. So your reason, sleep was probably never good. No, and I kept biting, especially if I get heavier than 240, I keep biting my tongue. And oh. they say that's another thing. Your tongue sounds back, you do it, and you bite it. Yep. But uh, I kept, my side of my tongue was raw. I was biting it so many oh, times. Yeah. And if you if you look up into that, that's one thing you do when you have sleep apnea. Yeah. Oh. Dude, 100%, 100% all of those are, are the exact same symptoms that – I was having and acid reflux, and it's funny. Everybody's got their Mendoza line. Mine's two fifty. If mm-hmm. I have two fifty one, I know my sleep will suffer. Like my breathing and everything, it just feels. You know, that's like my wheelhouse. If I get up over that, I don't even lift weights anymore. And I, I'm I'm about two thirty two, two thirty three. But if if I get over like anywhere close to two forty, I start to feel like shit. Well, so everybody says though that's like the new. Uh, wheelhouse for heavyweights that yeah. 230 240 steep yep. a yep the hybrid cane yep because you can move uh i do push-ups pull-ups like some herschel walker shit every day push-ups sit-ups pull-ups all that every day hundreds of them yeah and uh and then just train you yeah know? and I, it makes me feel great oh dude i've sat in the sauna with you during our uh champion uh, sauna sessions and you work out while we're in the sauna yeah 
You're walking around, stretching, doing sit-ups or something. And the other day we went, and I, w- I had my timer going when you walked in, <clears throat> and when I finally bitched out, I was at like 36 minutes. Mm-hmm. You do some crazy-ass times in the sauna. Like, it's almost unhuman because I'm good. Because yeah. I, I take it as a test. When people come in, I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about this, but I have a personal I think I've heard competition you talk about it once, thing. Yeah. If someone comes in and it's before... My 10-minute mark. Mm -hmm. I will not leave before them. I will outlast them. Now, if they come in after 10, then I'm like, bitch, you don't count. Right, right, right. But if they come in 0 to 10, I'm I'm going to set it. I'm going to beat you. And I've seen, I'm not the only one that does this. I can feel it from some guys where we're battling. And we're not saying anything. (laughs) We're both start twitching. We both start fucking with our shit and stretching. (laughs) I know all the signs, right? You can hang in there for... Over 40 minutes, right? Yeah, I did the most I did last fight camp for the bare knuckle one because I was doing it a lot. Test I picked little shit to test myself each yeah. fight. An hour and six minutes, I believe Fucking I made it. A, and I was working out that time in there too. I wasn't, but I do. Do you do you sip water while you're in there or no fluids? Oh no, I have no fluids and so, I have a chew in. So I do take a water in there with me. If I didn't do that, there's no way I'm doing it over an hour. Dude. And I put it's called the Randy Challenge. I put the biggest hog I have, no spitter. What do you do, swallow that shit? You got to hold it, swallow it or something. Oh. So I'd puke. Oh, I know. <laughs> but I got that from uh, Brian Spillman. I think, yes, yeah, Spillman. He was a linebacker for the uh, Detroit Lions, yeah. and he talked about that was his uh, yeah. challenge. He'd put a big old chew in and sit in the sauna. So if you're thinking, honestly, yeah. So if I'm without fluids, I've never done more than 40, 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, if I... You know, I've went there without water before. You're not making it no above an hour. And working out, mm-hmm. you're not making it that far working out. Oh, you're probably passed out. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I would get dizzy even with the fluids um, and end up laying in the bottom of the floor sometimes <laughs> for a few minutes because so, I was dizzy. You know? Oh, yeah. I've done that when uh, I was doing uh, the Fat Randy Challenge a couple years back on the, the podcast. That I did this thing where our listeners were like, there's no way you can lose – like that Randy couldn't lose 15 pounds in 30 days. I was like, yeah. you don't understand water weight. So I lost it in three days. Yeah. Now it was water weight. Yeah. <clears throat> and I sat in the sauna, worked out like normal, and sat in the sauna like twice a day. Cut back your carbs, lose that glycogen, boom, done. Didn't drink beer for yeah. three days. And, dude, I lost. Like, it was like 17.2 in three days. And th- so many people were like, what the fuck? I'm like, dude. I mean, it's not good for you, yeah. I probably. I lost 30, but- 36 in six days is my best. Yeah. <sighs> Dog. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah you don't thing. you don't really struggle with weight cuts, no, right? I, I could make one eighty five still, but I'd have to lose muscle. But I can make two oh five and I fought Steve Walker that shortened nine days, yeah. two thirty six, and I weighed in at two oh five within nine days with him and it it was fine. Yeah, so there's there's one uh YouTube video, one kickboxing fight that people have seen a lot of where you were knocked out with a short it was like a short right. short right. I've watched it a million times. It's crazy because it doesn't. It almost looks yeah, like, like it didn't even hit, hit you. But yeah. how did that feel? Did you even feel it? What was that like? So that fight has brought me the most grief. And the announcer was just getting to the part of explaining. He's like, Warren Thompson taking this fight on 24 hours notice. And then bam. So, okay, the week before the fight, I had hurt myself a month prior and won a fight but I tore the sagittal band in my knuckles. So basically, okay. these these ligaments in these knuckles, they roll over to the side. There's supposed yeah. to be a band that holds them on. Mm-hmm. So I have no power to open my fist if there's anything on it. So I can't open it right here. If it's in a glove, can't open it. But I can close it. 
So I can make a fist fund. So I'm not doing the surgery until later on because I can use the hand yeah, unless sure. there's anything. So anyways, I'm out of the fight. So it felt like somebody bit me very, very sharp to touch anything with these knuckles for about two years. Damn. So I wasn't training. They called me and said, hey, we need an alternate. The alternate backed out on this four-man tournament. It's a qualifier for the glory belt. Uh you know, we're going to pay you a couple thousand dollars to come watch the fight. Yeah. So I was like, but I'm hurt. I'm not trying to say we, we've never used an alternate. It's glory 30-something. Never used an alternate. Come on. Sure. So, okay, we just need a body. So I get up there. They give me some money to go party, uh, eat, all yeah. this stuff. They go, are you on weight? I said, yeah, I haven't been training. I'm under the weight. I'm 207. I don't need 208. I was like, I'm plus I don't even have to I make the weight as the alternate, I don't think. So I'm out there drinking beer, fucking partying. We have pictures of beer. And we're partying with this chick with a mustache that's the waitress. Fucking hell of a mustache. Anyway, that's hilarious. Me and Brett. So we get back to the hotel the next morning. We wake up. I'm dehydrated as shit because I was drunk the day before on the beach. Yeah, which is a terrible. Terrible. That dehydration is what murders people oh. the, the next day drunk. So we get a call. They buzz us uh, to our room. They say, hey. Manny Mancha, who ended up fighting, I think later before something like that, he's missed weight by going to miss by nine pounds. Can you fight? Uh, what's your weight? So I go get on the scale. I was like a pound over, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just bloated. Yeah, and I said fuck. So I have to run, dehydrated, mm-hmm. and been drinking that morning to make the weight. I make the weight. We go eat, hydrate, do all this stuff. Call my buddy Wayne Barrett, who fights for Glory. He drives in the town. We got to fight the next day. Me, meanwhile, I haven't wrapped my hand or hit nothing with that hand for a month. Yeah. We put, put it in a bucket of ice in the back back room for 20 minutes. I take it out. We wrap it tight, put the glove on, warm up real quick. We go out to fight. I said, I got one good round in me. I got to put him down. Yeah. It's a tournament anyway. There's two fights that night. Yeah. I say, I just got to go after him. Stupidly, I walk into a power puncher. He's got like 56 KOs, had like 80 fights. Yeah. And I walk right into the power punch. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just clipped me on the jaw, but I'm so dehydrated. I was just not. I was yeah, asleep. You can't take a good shot no. if you're dehydrated. Sleep. Yeah. I took the same shot on an inside kick this last fight. Yeah. Didn't even phase me. Yeah. And so, it was harder. So when you when you do get clipped like that though, it's not you don't feel it. You don't think anything. No, I didn't even wake up till I was back in the back, and he's sitting in my dressing room. I said, "What the hell is he doing in here?" He said, "Y'all already fought." Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Holy shit! So you you fought in Japan before, right? China. I China. China and Thailand. Yeah. Okay. So what? How do you compare the crowds? And those different countries and here. Uh, um, China is amazing. They treated me so good. Thailand was the same way, treated me so good. Here, uh, it's very odd. They like the MMA okay, um, but there's only a few cities that are even into the striking stuff. Bare Knuckle seems to be coming up, and that was yeah. a good crowd oh, in yeah. Florida. Yeah. Uh, and it had a good mix. There were some good boxing fans there yeah. that knew what the fuck they were looking at. Yeah. And there were some, you know, just the, the end of that Bare Knuckle brawling, some guys into that. But as far as Muay Thai and kickboxing, it's hard because nobody, and it's weird they don't want to see it, but only in maybe New York, Boston, some places in California, is there even any fan base for Muay Thai. Yeah. It's so it's crazy. hard to make money at it. It's, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Joe Rogan's talked about his frustration with that so many times because, you know, he's a huge kickboxing yeah. fan, a Muay Thai fan. Um, but uh, so is it true, like in Muay Thai, oh, especially over there in Thailand, that those guys will, like, gentlemen's agreement in the first round where you're not going to try to kill each other? Is that a real thing I've heard of? So I've heard a couple different things. Um, from To my knowledge, it's a couple things at play. There's still betting going in, yeah. going on in the first round, getting that all fixed up. Which is huge over there. Huge. I mean, cash everywhere. Secondly, 
a lot of these guys, if they're smart enough, the first round's about establishing what you want to do and seeing his tendencies. Mm-hmm. So if you notice, they're not kicking super hard at first because they don't want to get checked super yeah, hard. Yeah, you're feeling each other out yeah, and everything. Right. Yeah. So you don't see the ties breaking their legs as much on each other because, one, they don't naked kick. Two, they don't haul ass out there in the first round and just kick as hard as they can. Mm-hmm. Right? Because if the guy checks it, you break your leg. Yeah. So um, I think there's a couple things that play there. But I, I've heard that, you know, the, the, the first round, it's kind of feel out. I think it's more of everybody getting the nerves out and seeing the seeing the other fighters' tendencies for the most part. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of what you're talking about, too, with the betting. I bet a lot of their fucking promoters and shit are saying, like, right. let the betting close. Like, Yeah, and I've heard that. Give it, I, you know, give I don't know time. how much how, how true that is. But I mean, I just picture in Thailand, everyone smokes cigarettes, and they're all throwing cash around, like, <laughs> like blood sport and shit. Right. You know, you see right. the people in the crowds doing that shit. It was a lot um, of fun. Do they really kick banana trees? Yeah. To, to break your shins in? Yeah, yeah, but the banana tree isn't that hard. Yeah, they do kick them, but the banana tree isn't. I mean, it's hard, but it's not. Uh, I'm trying to think and describe it as something. It's not. And we used to beat our shins with bamboo and stuff like that. It's pointless. Yeah. You know what you should do? Kick a hard, heavy bag and kick pads every day. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, so you're not. The school of thought that I've heard is that you're uh, conditioning your shins, right? Like getting little micro fractures. Right. Or whatever is that real? Some people do that, or used to back used in the day. To. Like, here's the the thing though. In my shins, I've had the same one. I had staph infection in one, and it'll get like a weird bubbly feeling, and you can run it all on your skin. You just feel almost, you know, like when they listen to your lungs, you got pneumonia, or something that pop yeah. sound like sure. fluid. You can feel that, and it's almost like a little infection there, and it'll hurt like hell, make the bone soft. Yeah, mine will get that if I get checked too hard. It'll get in the same damn spot every time, and take a month to, to heal. Mm-hmm. So. I really don't hit them with nothing hard. When I was young, I used to do that. Mm-hmm. Now I just hit the heavy bag and the pads hard. Yeah. You know, that's it. Um, <clears throat> I try to protect my shins at all costs now. And they're fairly conditioned. Yeah. But when you're young, they teach you all that stuff to roll them, roll them out and stuff like that. God, how um, bad does that hurt? Yeah, it hurts very those bad. With a, use a, I used to use beer bottles, cold beer bottles. I'd roll them. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrible. So if you were to walk into the corner of a dresser with your shin... Would it kill you no. as bad as it kills me? No, no. I feel the pain and be like, eh, a little hurt. And it's fine. And my, both my shins are tattooed. Yeah. It hurt on the shin. It hurt on the side. Yeah. But on the shin, doesn't hurt. How about that cobra throat tattoo? I wanted to ask you about that for yeah. since you got it. Yeah. I'm not, I've forgotten every time I've seen you. How'd that feel? So the outline hurt because <laughs> I did the outline. It was like, God, what a straight throat. After the outline, I used this little spray that took a lot of the. The numbing spray. Yeah. It, that, that, yeah. yeah. it took a lot of the edge off on the shading. Um, but the worst, this is going to sound stupid, my foot and then this on my wrist was the worst two for me. Dude, my fucking hand. That Yeah, hands hurt a little bit. Yeah, foot was the worst, worst for me. And, and knees, places was like skin, elbows, knees, yeah. rough skin, that hurts real bad. Yeah, I got lied to. All right, I had some buddies tell me the hand didn't hurt. Yeah. So that's why I was like, damn, be fucking stud, do the hand. The second the needle hit my hand, I was like, Everyone lied to me. I think it's it's weird. It's you because everybody tells me the wrist doesn't hurt. Girls yeah. like no, my my wrist like this almost killed me. Yeah. Like, oh, I was ready to walk yeah. out. I was it's like, just, yeah, you've been duped. If he hadn't have already started, I would have like been like, fuck this. Bro. I think it's person to person. Yeah, yeah, but I, I've always been that way too. Like I know a lot of people are like tattoos. They don't hurt, dude. They hurt. They, all of them all, hurt. They all hurt. But I mean, it's up to you how much right. you know you can sit through. And certain days are different too. <laughs> I do think women are tougher than men. I've seen my wife sit yeah. and through shit. And she sits like a rock. A lot of women are just dead inside, I think. Yeah. They can just yeah. sit and take it. I mean, I had a fever last week, and I was pretty sure it was like giving birth. You know, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 90% oh, yeah. sure I, you know, it was that bad. I think everyone it was a 98, is, is getting uh, this sickness shit, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm hoping that what everyone's getting is this uh, Rona variant, 
and it's becoming a common cold. That's yeah. the way it needs to be. I think that's so exactly I hope that's what it is. Like, I know people don't want to hear that word, but everybody should hope that it is the Rona, and it's becoming just mm-hmm. an old common cold like it should be. So last week, I couldn't taste for a day or two, and that was kind of weird. And uh, I still ate a whole large pizza. Like, my girlfriend, she's like, why the hell did you eat that if you can't taste it? I was like, well, I mean, I still was hungry. Like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So I want to I cap off. I want to get to the story about when you uh, attempted to take your life. That's a powerful. I think it helps a lot of people. Yeah. It's good to talk. Well, actually, two things to talk about. Uh, for, we'll go here first before the, the attempted suicide. Uh, TRT. I talked to a lot of guys about it. I've always been open about it. Uh, a lot of people are shameful about it, think it's a bad thing. There's so many good clinics. Like, don't you think that guys, it shouldn't be as taboo, right? If guys want to do TRT and they're, it's the same as women, right? Everybody replaces their hormones. Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. If it's something like uh, medicinal, you can tell yeah. the guys, I mean, that are in a gym, they're like huge. Oh, well, up, they're like, taking a thousand milligrams right, a week. Right. I mean, it's a difference. It's like anything in like, whether it be, you know, weed for medicinal use, TRT mm-hmm. for medicinal use, like, uh, is it something that's making you a better human being? Sure. That's making you healthy? I have no issues with any of that. Sure. You know? um, it's it's just, as in anything, you're going to have some people that take stuff too far. Of course. Know? And uh, that that's going to put a taboo or a bad cloud on anything, whether it be, you know, Kratom, uh, weed, TRT, any of that yeah. stuff. You know? Well, so you go to, which clinic d- uh, helps you is like your... Uh, uh, low T Nation Men's Health Atlanta. But so they also do like you can go in and get like vitamin drip IVs, right? Yeah. Like, can't you do? They have yeah, a bunch what, of different exactly. therapies. What I do with them is mainly like peptides and stuff, yeah. and uh, uh, IV stuff. Um, they have like a water scan machine if I'm cutting weight. Um, so they've helped me with a lot of different avenues. Yeah, like not TRT related stuff that they can really just and they help women out with stuff, fat loss and stuff yeah. like that too. What I utilize their clinic mostly for is they've he's really Brandon, he's been a huge help with when I cut the Steve Walker fight or wait for the Steve Walker fight, the water scans. Yeah. Um like just in, incredible amount of knowledge with that stuff. You yeah. Know, that you wouldn't even think that a clinic like that would do. Yeah. No, that's crazy. And there there's there's actually this area is good for that. Like there is quite a few different um options that people have like i know the guys that run uh, all about health yeah my and, team, yeah. yeah i got a lot of supplements from them for me for years and they now sponsor they, me as well yeah and now now they've got a trt clinic so i didn't even know they did trt over there and uh, innovative health i think they do TRT. orlando yeah, yeah. he sponsors me as well yeah. doing all my medical stuff like as far as uh prp injections yes. i mean that is huge for yeah me. how did how how have you uh so has that helped you you can actually tell a real difference with uh, that yeah huge difference huge yeah. difference um as far as my shoulders is that where like they that. spin your blood yeah and get yeah, the it's, shit out and right re-inject. it's like stem like a poor man's stem cell per se like it's a perfect way to put it. yes yeah. a poor man's yeah. stem cell <laughs> yeah. a non-joe rogan stem yeah, cell yeah. Injection. so i mean it does help a lot um with both my shoulders and my knee yeah, like, uh, you know it's it's not a miracle, but it does help. So, how do you think you're going to feel um, when you're 50? And mm-hmm. two, how many years do you think you got left that you're want? Do you have a timeline, or are you going to go till the wheels fall off? Yeah, uh, no direct timeline. Each fight I take as its own, and as I feel good, I'm I'm just you know I'm trying to work to you know just do the best I can each mm-hmm. fight. If I have the fire, you know I'm medically okay. I'm going to fight. Um, 
how I'm going to feel like I'm 50. I don't even want to imagine being fucking 50. So yeah. I, don't, I have no idea. Yeah, there was a time I didn't know if I'd live to be 50. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, I have no idea. Probably pretty sore every day. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll still be doing something. You yeah. can't, you, right. I don't see you being able to be non act. I mean, you'll hunt till hunt, you die. Coach, uh, you know, that sort of stuff. Be active, I'm sure. Yeah. You're, um, what was I going to say? So we're talking about the, not the TRT. Suicide stuff. Yeah, I want to. I want to get to that. But uh, one more question. Oh yeah. So your last fight where you won the belt. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to get everybody's. Let them know. So how did you feel that fight went? Did you ever feel like you were in trouble? And did you feel you were up four one or three two? Where did you feel you were? Um, I felt I was up four one. I felt I was in trouble two spots. In the first round, he caught my kick and kind of went did a little sweep. And when I was on a knee, he hit me when I was on my gr- on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, just was real aggressive, and it rocked me a little bit. And I bent back and buckled my knee, and it popped a little bit. The one yeah, the meniscus with the tear. meniscus issues. And so I grabbed it, and I was a little nervous. I stood up, walked on it. The doctor questioned me. I was fine once I got my weight on it. Uh, but he did kind of wobble me a little bit. He could clip me in the jaw on the ground. Yeah. Um, and then the third round, I lost my gas a little bit and stood in front of him and got tagged with a couple of those hard right hands. And I came back, and Coach was like, you're going to try to give this away? What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, okay. He's like, back to work. So yeah, then and I your, found my second your coach doesn't take your shit. You've told me this. Yeah. Like, you guys have actually butted heads, but you love that, right? Like, he's he's straight, gives it to you straight. Right, yeah, 100%. Gives it to me straight. Um, he's not my friend very often, but he's a damn good coach. And, yeah, that's awesome. uh, and he's a good mentor when he needs to be. But he really just tells me how the hell it needs to be and what I need to do and yeah. the game plan and that – I, you know, I don't need a friend in there. I got enough friends. I got enough dick riders. Sure, I got absolutely. somebody that tells me how it needs to be, and yeah, you can't have that. Right, you'll get you'll you'll get fucked. And you've been on both sides of this coin, right? And I think what I like about you, what and I, this is what I was thinking. I wanted to get to me and John, both the mayor, powerful John Little, um, that I think this is your most marketable period in your career mm-hmm. of all your work since you've been fighting. Your look, your age. How you move compared in the weight class, just the right fit uh, for everything. So if I'm you, and obviously I'm not, and it's your career, but I would be like, all right, I, this is where I gotta, I gotta stack some cheese. Yeah. And because you've got, you did well in bare knuckle. They want you back, right? Obviously. Yeah. Don't yeah, they? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say I'm their one of their priorities, uh, but. With me winning and continuing to win, they wanted to see how I do in that title fight, to be honest, before yeah. they negotiated anything. But with me winning that, that gives me – he was a top 10 WBC-ranked fighter uh, internationally, so that gives me a little more clout. Yep. Um, I don't fight particularly their style that they love, but I, I also bring a different dynamic to the table, a different look. Yeah, but if they would read the comments on their own I videos – I sent that to them. Yeah, actually. if they would read the comments – of these are people that don't know you, right? And yep. they were like, "This fucking guy moves like a kitten. Yeah. This guy moves like a fucking yeah. middleweight. <laughs> yeah. This is incredible. Yep. He could be the best thing in the." So right. eh, I kind of get what they're saying, but I don't right. get what they're saying. They've got to see that. I just don't fit exactly stylistically the mold that when they made bare knuckle they envisioned, mm-hmm. uh, which they want fast, bloody fights. Uh, which if it gets that way, it gets that way with me. I'm going to try to finish For if sure, it's there. Yeah, but I'm not going to put myself. 
at too much risk without reward. Unnecessarily. There you go. Yes. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, I'm in there to win a fight and win and win the fight the best way I know how. Yeah. That may not necessarily be like we're standing uh, you know, in a phone booth beating the shit out of each other. Yeah. If I know I can outmove you and out jab you, I'm gonna do that as much as I can until I see an opening and then take it. Mm-hmm. So you're open to, mm-hmm. to so there could be more bare knuckle in your future. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. I want to. I want yeah. to. Um and if if my fight career ended today, the mm-hmm. only thing I didn't do yet would be make house buying money. You mm-hmm. know, that, that sure. like what you're saying, cashing yeah. in, I could live with that. Yeah. No, you won your yeah. belt. I, 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 I won a major belt. Yeah, absolutely. I and I did it with facing adversity and I came back and did it later yeah. in my career. So that means a lot to me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, should. for sure. I want to keep fighting if they'll have me, if I can line it up and and make it make sense uh, monetarily because I, I got two jobs right now. Yeah. I'm divorced. I got two kids. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing it on my own. So I kind of, I have priorities as well. Absolutely. You know? like, but I, I, I just got a feeling, man. I got I got this weird little tingle, sons. I think that there's going to be something huge in bare knuckle at some point for you where I think you could go in. Dude, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if anybody, they'd have to, Walk through hell to beat you. Yeah, Alan Belcher is the only guy I do I've love. Some Alan Belcher, pretty well. Uh, I utmost respect for him. He's doing real well. He's fighting for the title next. Fighting Arnold Adams. Adams is a hard hitter. Uh, I think Belcher has the most skill set as if we're talking the other art and Allen, the other heavyweights I've seen are probably the two with the most skill set. Dude, you want to talk about a transformation of uh, body and kind of spirit? Is his yeah. return too? Yeah, yeah, because he was. Uh, done with dealt with had yep. his you know like everybody had his problems he is freaking jacked yep. and mean looks good. Sons. looks good he does yeah. look good all right so got all that so that would be a one hell of a card if yeah. that somehow you two cross paths i'd pay whatever it takes i've been trying to to somehow <clears throat> link my name in there with that but I can only do it so much without being disrespectful to him because i don't want to be yeah. and he has earned his time and right to yeah. The title, let him do that, and then hopefully I can work my way in the mix. Would you get in there and smoke old uh, Ben Rothwell if you had yeah. to? Yeah, oh, I'd fight, I'd fight Ben right now. I'd fight Greg Hardy right now. Oh, you'd smoke yeah. Hardy? Yeah. Ah, Brooke would love to see you f- fight Hardy. Yeah, I like fighting woman beaters. You know? Oh, yeah, dude. He's got such a uh, – oh, I think you'd tear his ass out. All those guys stand a good chance uh, if I get in scrums with them, yeah. brawls with them. But the more the fight goes and the more I move, I can outbox all of them. Oh, absolutely. You're going to take them in deep waters, and they're yeah. not going to like that shit. Right. Not not even a little bit. Um, dude, those fucking three fucking banger fights. Uh, Bare Knuckle's got to figure that out somehow. Is is Ben going to Bare Knuckle? Rothwell? Yes. Uh, ben is. Greg Hardy is. Uh, oh, shit. I, dude, that's crazy. I mean, they've got some good, solid heavyweights. A guy in Thailand, they got uh, Steve Banks is real good and real good tie fighter and um, he's dipped into bare knuckle and done pretty well with them. He's fought on BKFC Thailand a time or two and done decent. So you trained over in Thailand, right? Yeah. Can you say? So is the are the lady <laughs> boys a real thing? They are, and the, hot, the hotter the girl looks, it's actually a dude. No. God dog. I've not seen it in the movies, but I've, it's how it is. They're in like bright yellow color dresses or something. You're like, wow, look at that girl. It's like, like that's not a girl. That girl. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So all right. Now we're gonna get to the story. So you've had your career. Uh, there was a point where, you know, life was, was hard for you, and you actually tried to, to take your own life. So I'm going to let you take it from there and kind of walk people through. How how did you come out of that, and what was the whole mindset there? So a lot of it led into it, but I was going down the wrong path with uh, 
wrong path financially, the wrong path in my marriage. Um, I was being kind of a shit bag, um, running around on my wife. Um, I was also trying to fight it this time, but not in, it was the one where I was talking about, I was walking forward and got clipped, mm-hmm. went in the whole fight. Then my whole world crumbled. So I'm living out of my fucking car. Uh, I got lost my contract. Um, I'm having troubles in my marriage. Uh, I'm, you know, uh, told she's telling me eh, you're not going to see the kids anymore because sure. she's hurt. Yeah, of course. Um, and I just gave up. You know, I was like, "Fuck, I have nothing." Like, I'm literally living in my car. Mm-hmm. Um, went downstairs, tried to hang myself with a dog leash, uh, and I guess succeeded because everything was black and dark for oh, I, I don't know how long. But she cut me down with a steak knife, and I could hear her talking to me, yelling at me like, "You dumbass, whatever." And uh, I couldn't speak, of slurring everything. It was like it was. I said, "It's like." Of what I'd imagine a stroke being like, as I was like, yeah. just slurring, and I couldn't move, but I could hear her. Mm-hmm. Finally, I could see. Then I could crawl, but my, you know, it was like baby Bambi waking up. Uh, crawled upstairs, got in a cold bath, and then I just had this. Have you seen the picture? That huge. Oh yeah, God yes, I've seen uh, it. Where I was just hanging Powerful from that rope. Picture. Um, and then I just said, I decided that day. I was like, she told me she's like, that day she said she's like, I don't want to be with you anymore, but I'm going to help you get through this. And we made it five more years after that. We yeah. were trying to be together. Sure. And it just wasn't working. Sure. And uh, she's a great woman, a great yeah, mother. of course. I'd die for her today. Yep. But uh, it was the right thing for us to move on. And um, she just helped me through. That was a hard time in my life. You yeah. Know? And, uh, and, and I slowly just got back on track with, I started making knives. Then I was like, I can fight again. Yeah. Now I'm fighting. Now I can, you know, hey, I can support myself. I can work these jobs even if I'm not fighting. Sure. I can make it in life. You ever and miss making knives? Because I, I do. do. I miss I making do. them. So we were both making knives at the yeah. same time too, which yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. And it's just, I do, it's just time consuming. God, but uh, it's such a fun yeah. art, man. Like it really it, is. there's a lot to it and you can, something you can literally be garbage at and start yep. with, you could do it with charcoal and a hole well, in your backyard. That's how my first one was, a blower, charcoal. And, yeah. and, you know, I used uh, a blow dryer, hair yep, dryer, yep. blowing the that's charcoal. That's my first one started that way, and I just kept going and kept going. But I'm probably get back into it uh, even once I retire. It's just so time-consuming. Yeah, it really Retire is. from fighting, not retire from work. <clears throat> and having the space, I, I would like to have a nice forge. Yeah. I got hooked on fucking uh, forge and fire. Yeah, it was a good My show. whole family, my son, got him hooked on it when I was balls deep into making the knives and shit. I want to make a sword one day. Yep. But all right, so you come out of that now, like, so now with your life, how it is, you talked about you've won your major championship now. Um, so if fighting goes away, you feel like you're uh, capable of... I still have these thoughts. And yeah. Do I know? I don't know. Some days I'm confident. Sure. Some days I'm like, what will I do? I... If I'm honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, doesn't everybody, yes. if they're honest with themselves, have dark thoughts? Everybody has weak thoughts. Sure. There's days I'll sit uh, in a dark room and fucking cry. Yeah. And uh, then there's other days the next day I'm like, that wasn't that bad. Why the fuck was I upset about that? Sure. You know? And uh, that, it's just truth. You know, uh-huh. so I'm working each day to get a little better, yeah. get a little stronger. Um, am I past it all the way? No. But I'm in a much better place, a uh, better baseline, 100% so. Uh, you know, I'm just... I'm wiser, I'm more knowledgeable, um, and I'm just, uh, I I know I can sit there and tell myself, Warren, the sun's going to shine tomorrow, that tonight, or whatever you're dealing with today isn't the end of the world like you think it is right this mm-hmm. second, you know? Yeah, and so you're, do they have anything slated for when you might be defending your belt, how far out that is, or? 
don't know. Uh, they before I left, they talked maybe in the the fall or in the winter doing something, um, but nothing lined up. They did say they wanted to maybe take me over to England to fight maybe for a world title over there, heavyweight world title, or mm-hmm. just to fight. So that'd be fun. Uh, yeah. Striking is a bigger deal. Muay Thai, kickboxing is a bigger deal in Europe than it is here. Yeah. Do you, I wonder, I've always wondered what the reason that it, I have no idea. It's, it it's hasn't weird. picked up as big as far as American audiences. Cause I'm a big Joe Schilling fan. I'm yep. sure you know who Joe Schilling yep. is, right? Dude's a savage murderer. Yep. And I've just always loved watching him. I don't care if he's what kind of fighting he does. Right. He's just, Exciting fighter to watch. Yeah, yeah he's just yeah. tough as shit, dude. He's fucking fantastic. Smoke cigarettes uh, way in. That's the crazy part, dude. Yeah. Smoking the damn cigarettes yeah. and training. Yeah. And I know me, I couldn't do half. That's just some people are genetic freaks. I don't know how they He how can they fight do his it. ass off, though. He can fight <clears throat> his ass off. That's he can true. kick. Yeah. So, uh, all right, man. Well, you're, uh, so now you, you're divorced. You got a girlfriend. Got a smoke show. Yeah. <laughs> See you out there with that. Uh, dude, life has to be good, dude. What the fuck can... Other than, like you said, this this life-changing payday, you've kind of checked all the fucking boxes, bro. Yeah. And, I mean, anybody can look on the outside and be like, hey, it's going well. But, honestly, for me, uh, even on the days like I'm facing the adversity, it's going pretty fucking good. Yeah. You know? I'm waking up each day healthy and a chance. That's dude, all I ask for. most 99% of people could not just... Cause you're when you decided to come out of retirement for what was it, four years ago? Yeah, it was almost like a eh. I'll give it a go. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire one more. Yep. I I, I remember reading the yeah. post. It was almost like I'm gonna do one more for yeah. shits and giggles. See what happens. Yeah. If I've got ALS, who cares? Yeah. I, I'm good. We're gonna do one. <laughs> We're gonna more. do it. <laughs> and now, dude, you done worked your way back. You got a belt. You got bare knuckle uh, out there in the future. Shit, dude. We'll see where it goes. Hopefully, hopefully it goes. But like I said. Uh, if it doesn't, I'm content, uh, like, um, accomplishing what I accomplished. I'm still hungry. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But I've learned to count my blessings at that, you know, take, take a, a breath and check yes. out your surroundings and be thankful. All right. Well, the last thing I want to cover, I, I told the mayor that I would, uh, uh, discuss this with you. Um, and we'll be putting this, this show will go out on our, you know, iTunes, big, uh, podcast account for people to listen to that aren't catching the live. So it is going to go out on the podcast, but, uh, I want to do get you and Joe in here with probably me and the mayor yep. and, uh, just do like a fight talk and let people chime in and ask questions and, and pick you guys as brains. I know Joe's cool with it. He yeah. said he would, he'd love to come on with you, um, so you'd be down to do that. Yeah, we need to do that one one do. night, one weekend where we actually have a time. I know your schedule's weird. You work uh, you work nights, right? Yeah. Every so night. I work at the gym in the evenings, coaching, and then uh, do some security Friday, Saturdays. Uh, but it's not every. You know, I can yeah. I can work some stuff. Yeah. Cool, man. All right. Well, let's Thanks do it. Yeah. Hey, give a. Do you want to watch your socials? Anything where people can hit you up, find you? Yeah. So uh, my Instagram is war. The Destroyer. After war, you do the little underline shit and then the and then underline destroyer. Um, so follow me on there. Shoot me a follow on Instagram. Awesome. All right, guys. We will uh, holler at y'all later. Pull this up and uh, we'll catch y'all on the next one. Appreciate Boom. it. Boom. All right, brother. We are out.